So today we're at episode seven of the Soul Sanctuary podcast. We come together every week, 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, to kind of just chat, to get together and talk about certain topics, talk about certain things that, you know, we as individuals struggle through, things that maybe we don't want to tell other people we struggle through. And a lot of this, um, a lot of the shame and stigma over these topics really is so unnecessary. So unnecessary. So today for episode seven, we're going to be talking about the new children. What's your concept of the new children? This is a, a subject that has come up many years, <laughs> many, many, many years. Uh, some of you are parents, some of you are not. You would think that this topic is simply about things pertaining to those who struggle with raising children. And it might not apply to you because you don't have children. What if you're one of the new children? <laughs> what if you're one of them? What if this subject does not just include people who are raising children, but also very much includes those of us who are born as part of the new children? So first and foremost, there was work done by Dolores Cannon, um, amazing, amazing woman. God rest her soul. She did tremendous amounts of work. Uh, it wasn't her intention at first to, you know, talk about aliens and all kind of stuff like that. Uh, this just slowly began to come out as she did her work as a hypnotherapist. Dolores Cannon <clears throat> created her own system, QHHT, Quantum Healing Something Something. Let me look it up. I'm sorry. I wasn't expecting to talk about Dolores Cannon. So <clears throat> quantum healing hypnosis technique. She is the creator of that method. And, you know, her body of work has been something so ridiculously inspirational for me personally. Um, I, I've looked at bits and pieces of the things that she's talked about things that she's talked about with clients and all sorts of amazing things. And what I found is it coincides, it, it confirms, it validates all of these things that I myself have been receiving as messages from soul. When I was a lot younger, um, I had these questions about who I am, what I am, because I'm so different from my age mates. Uh, I couldn't relate to anyone in my age group. I It was hard to relate to people who are even adults, okay? People have asked me over the years of being public, people have, like, one of the most common questions I get asked is, when was your moment of awakening? And I'm like, what? <laughs> moment of awakening? <clears throat> It took me quite a few years to realize like, oh, so you guys go through this period where 
you begin to realize things about yourself because I've been so painfully aware since I was a child. I literally was born this way. <laughs> I literally was born different. Okay. I've never thought like a child ever. There's stories about, and my grandma used to, um, love telling people this because like she felt so supported. <laughs> she felt like I understood because, uh, I was maybe like four years old and I was watching her do laundry. Um, and she has a lot of children. I have a lot of aunts. And, uh, I asked her, why are you doing this? Your body is tired. You're getting old already your children should be doing this. You shouldn't be doing this work. At which point she literally cursed all of her daughters out. Mind you, they're all working. <laughs> they're all working. So when they got home, she cursed them all out and was like, how come the child understands this and you guys don't? I've never thought like a child. I have always just functioned so differently. Now, what am I? I was born in indigo. According to Dolores Cannon's work, um, there were several waves of souls who agreed to come and incarnate on this planet for specific reasons. First would come the indigos. I believe it was somewhere around the like 1950s to late 70s, early 80s, that the wave of indigos was coming. I'm a 70s baby, so I, I'm i in that tail end of it, okay? The indigos have specific type of characteristics. And these characteristics make them really, let's just say it, ball busters. You know, for the most part, indigos, um, we, we like to just kind of fly under the radar. You know, we, we like to not really be noticed. Um, we prefer to observe. We have built-in BS detectors. We know when you're lying to us. We know when you are having malicious intent. We might not call you out on it. In fact, we usually don't, unless you're so out of hand that we have to. Um, and, you know, we came here as a system busters. We're now at an age where we are positioned strategically within so many different organizations. We do have the ability to shift the trajectory of the development of societies. That's our role. Then came probably like mid to late 80s is when it started, um, all the way through the 90s, early 2000s, we had the crystal children, okay? If, if you're from the 90s, late 80s, um, you probably, you know, the whole Care Bear stare, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, the Care Bears, that, that was first marketed towards um, the Indigos, right? Like, we're going to fight the establishment in, 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 you know, a gentle way. <laughs> um, and then came the rainbows, uh, not the rainbows, the crystals. The crystal children were more um, sensitive. Like you can look at these individuals who are born as these types of souls and you will see the difference. 
you can tell a difference in the way their eyes are, not the shape, not the color, the intensity. Indigos have this way of looking at you in a, like, it feels like they're piercing through you. Like, don't even bother lying. I might not call you out on it, but I know. Crystals, however, it's not like that. They're not here for spiritual warfare or any of that stuff. They're here to learn and grow. So when they're adults, they can be very well versed in this human program and be able to um, inject some type of peace, some type of stillness into this program. Okay. So it was the indigos and then came the crystals. This was the first wave. The crystals needed to come before the rainbows to serve as a bridge. The rainbows are a much higher frequency than crystal children. So then came the rainbows. Not long after the rainbows, the energy of earth had been modified enough so that it could house the next type of child, which started being born around 2010, okay? They've been coming in since about 2010. And these are the Diamond Ray children. The Diamond Ray children are just phenomenal. You can see they are so different than other children. So, so different. They're like this beautiful mix of um, childlike wonder and ascended master. Like they just look like they have life figured out no matter the age. That doesn't mean they do have life figured out. It just, it feels like you could go to them about anything, anything at all. And they'll be able to understand because they do understand. They're a much higher frequency than all the other types of souls that came before them. More recently, like within the past two, three years, we've had another, yet another wave of children. The double diamond sun children. These are the ones who are being dubbed as pandemic babies. These are the COVID babies. These are the ones who come out of the womb and look like they're <laughs> maybe six, seven, eight months, a year old. Um, they have an awareness about them that is just, it's almost scary. You can go online and find so much content, so much, so many videos of children that were being born from di double diamond sun frequency. Um, and they're the ones that have all these like really, really elevated abilities intact. These are the ones who can manipulate matter with their minds. They can move things. These are the ones who can weather bend. Um, as, as many of my abilities are developed, as developed as those abilities are, these children are being born at the level that I've already, that took me 40 years to develop. They're powerful. They're powerful. They don't necessarily need our protection from energetic things, parasitic things. They are fully capable of protecting you. Yes, that's how powerful these children are. <laughs>
So a lot of the times when you're born as a new child, um, and, and the new child is an umbrella term that encompasses all of those different waves of souls, okay? When you are born as a new child, you often have quite a few different struggles. Um, a lot of the systems that exist right now are designed to target that type of child, that type of soul, okay? From toiletries to foods to TV programs to medical procedures, all sorts of different things. Now, I will be the first to say I am not a licensed medical professional. I do not have a license to treat, diagnose, any of that, okay? I'm just speaking strictly off of my personal experiences. First, as a mother to nothing but new children, good God, <laughs> as well as someone who assists parents in understanding how these new children function. The new children are extremely sensitive to their environment. When we look at eugenics and its effects on... Um, activating dormant coding that predisposes you to specific types of conditions. We look at the rise in autism, autism spectrum disorders, um, the rise in people who are recognizing they have ADHD, um, dyslexia, schizophrenia, all sorts of different things, conditions that are seen as pathologies. And I want to remind you again, I am not a licensed medical professional. We are just having a conversation here. This is not to diagnose yourself. This is not to um, encourage you to not seek out professional assistance, professional diagnostics, okay? I want to make that very, very clear. So a lot of these children, they struggle with, first and foremost, the diet. And when I say the children, you could be one of these children and be an adult. I'm one of those children and I'm an adult, okay? So the diet, a lot of the food colorings, the flavorings, all the additives, that is an endocrine disruptor first and foremost. It just wrecks havoc on your body. Secondly, it alters your chemical composition to the degree that it affects your behavior and your perception for new children, okay? Um, this is part of why they injected high fructose corn syrup in pretty much everything, right? High fructose corn syrup is such a highly modified, processed, food-like product, okay? It's a food-like product. One of the things that um, uh, I learned early on when I, when I first became a mom, <clears throat> when the label says um, enriched, that is telling me that the product was so processed, it can no longer legally be considered food. It is now a food-like product. So in order to be able to market it, sell it as food, they had to put those nutritional components back in, and now it's considered food again, okay? These type of children, adults, um, we struggle greatly with that, very, very much so. And you don't know how badly your body feels like it's dying until you cut all of those foods out. 
Okay, let's look at what they put into pretty much everything. If you're working on a budget, this stuff is probably going to be in your food. Okay, <clears throat> grains, especially corn. Grains, that's a big no-no. For those who are of a higher frequency, and I, I've spoken about eating for your frequency before, um, you're not really compatible with grains. Once you reach a certain level of dimensional frequency, you will not be compatible with grains. You're not, you don't always notice because if you've been eating grains your whole life, you don't know the difference between feeling sick and feeling healthy. Okay. Until you cut all of that out. Now, another thing that they add into food, pretty much everything, milk, cow's milk. Cows are so heavily medicated when they are grown con or raised conventionally, factory farms, all of that. They are injected with all sorts of different things. First and foremost, their babies are supposed to grow several hundreds of pounds within several weeks and then several hundreds more and then several thousand um, within a short period, right? <laughs> yeah. So your body is not meant to have that type of um, nutritional composition, okay? It's just not, it's not designed for us. I'm not necessarily against all dairy. Um, <clears throat> cow dairy is a big no. That's just a big no. Mm -mm. I've been reactive to that since I was a child, but I used to eat it anyways. It used to upset my stomach really bad. Um, I found that goat dairy seems to be okay with the new children. And here's the thing. If, if you look at crunchy <laughs> granola type communities, you will see people talking very nonchalantly about how goat milk is nutritionally very, very comparable to human breast milk. I don't know the validity of that. I've never fed my children goat milk as a supplement, but I've heard that quite a bit. It's very, very similar to human breast milk. Lo and behold, I'm not reactive to goat milk. I can eat goat cheese galore. <laughs> yeah, I can't eat any type of cow anything, but I can have goat. That's crazy. But is it? Is it? We have to begin recognizing how a lot of society, a lot of the programs that we we allow ourselves to be a part of, these are programs that have been instilled, um, installed since way before when when a lot of us were being born, none of this subject matter was being talked about. None of this subject matter was being talked about at all like at all. This was just like hokey pokey stuff, crazy stuff, hippie stuff. Why? They wanted to make it fringe so that it wouldn't be talked about. So the plans that were being put into place were not going to be noticed. That food pyramid, that's the triangle of death. Not even joking. For a new child, oh Lord, oh Lord, mm -mm. no. The thing that they've modified the most is at the base of the pyramid. Why? It's in everything you eat. Why? You have to ask yourself that. Now, 
here on this channel in public live streams, I can't exactly talk about why. If you'd like to join me for the exclusive member chat, you can sign up on my website, thesoulsanctuary.love. You'll have immediate access to the member area. I will talk about all of this during the member chat later on today, okay? I will go very, very deep into this. But the new children, um, just so many different things, all of the abilities that you already have born with these abilities turned on. These are not things you necessarily have to take classes for uh, to turn it on. No, it's already turned on. Now, it might help to take some classes that will help you learn how to intentionally harness. Okay. Um, I can't share it on here. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll show you. Uh, I can't share it on here. Uh, the last time I tried to share it, YouTube immediately, immediately took down my video and warned me. So, oops. But um, uh, here, this is a really good question. Christy K says, it's kind of hard with rising prices. How do we eat like that, especially in Hawaii? Well, we're not talking about foods that are pre-made, okay? I mean, if you want snacks and stuff like that that are pre-made, you are going to absolutely pay a premium price for that absolutely yes you will you will that is no joke <laughs> that is no joke no joke um <clears throat> one of the things you can do is begin looking up um recipe replacers so for example all of my children are new children we are all reactive to basically the same things um the older, my older children, they're not as reactive because they're more, they were born more in the crystal rainbow stages, right? <clears throat> my younger children, they are highly reactive because guess what? They're double diamond sun children, okay? What we have to do is make sure that say uh, the recipe requires flour. You can use coconut flour. You can use um, cassava flour, tapioca flour, all sorts of different flours. You can make things from scratch. You absolutely don't have to purchase pre-made things because that's going to be ridiculously expensive. In truth, the diet, the healthiest type of diet that um, a new child can have is one of fresh meat fresh veggies, fresh fruit. If you have the land to do it, an acre, half an acre, quarter acre, you can do this. You can grow your own food. Absolutely. I mean, I live in an area where the terrain is, is not necessarily the most hospitable. Um, the soil is like silt. Um, which is nice, but it, it makes it difficult to grow things. You're going to have to till the land, all kind of stuff. I'm good. So what have I done? Luckily for me, the kitchen has a small bay window. I have a fig tree. 
a blackberry bush, a raspberry bush, and a blueberry bush. They're all still very small, but they're growing really nicely. Those are things that my children and I can eat. I have on the kitchen counter a whole bunch of lettuce. I have a whole bunch of broccoli growing, carrots, celery, bok choy, all sorts of different things. Now, if you truly want to be healthy, nothing can stop you. Not budget, not nothing. Nothing can stop you. If you are on state benefits, okay, if you're getting food stamps, EBT, SNAP, whatever it's called in your area, this is the stuff you can buy with that. All you have to do is wait and look, look in newspapers, uh, look in the the weekly advertisements for grocery stores. Do you know you can use your EBT benefits at a farmer's market? Did you know that many farmer's markets, the farmers will grow their food organically? Their fruit and veggies are grown organically, but they cannot advertise that. They cannot label it as organic because guess what? You need so many, 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 many thousands of dollars to get that label of organic. And here's the thing. You have these large manufacturers who have fields that are organic and it's certified, right? Grown right beside GMO fields of the same thing. It's the same thing now. They cross-pollinate. They do all kind of crazy stuff like that. There's a lot of blowover. Okay, so these are things to just really consider. Um, let's see. I have seen people grow their own food in their front yard, but sometimes you have to be careful because it might be illegal in your area. That's very true, Moonrock. Certain states, they, they've, they've made that illegal to grow your own food. Um, they've made it illegal to collect rainwater. I'm going to get flagged. <laughs> I can't talk about those things because although they're nonviolent, um, it's too much truth. So, well, if you, if members, please remind me to talk about that, um, in the private member chat. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, no, you can totally mix sand with regular soil. Um, and composting is beautiful. It's amazing. It's amazing. So, what you can do and what I've done for a small veggie patch in the backyard, um, I was advised by one of the local nurseries to just put um, bags of the compost, pre-bought compost. I, I, I didn't have time to create my own. But the pre-bought um, compost bags, just pile it about four, five inches thick above the ground and then plant the seedling in there and the roots will will work its way through, okay? It'll work its way through. Um, yeah, you can buy seeds with food stamps. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep, yes, you can. Uh, make sure they're heirloom uh, seeds so that you can replant the seeds the following season. Learn how to, we'll talk about that in private um, messenger chat. So these new children, they come here to dismantle a lot of the systems that exist. In order to do that, they have to be in the proper placement. Those who came first now are in the proper placement, okay? 
those who came after are now being raised by those who understand. What we have to be careful of as new children is allowing all of this controlled opposition to get to you. What do I mean? What do I mean by controlled opposition? Spirituality. A lot of the things that you're going to hear in spiritual circles is the controlled opposition. Okay. They teach you that you can only eat one type of thing. You can only communicate in one type of way. You can only have one type of lifestyle, which is, hey, let me be very real and raw right now. It's a very bastardized, culturally appropriated lifestyle. Mm. Boom. Kaboom. Kaboom. There she goes. Dropping truth bombs. Yes, I said it. I absolutely said it. I absolutely said it. Yes. A lot of the lifestyles that are um, heavily, very, very heavily um, pushed onto all of us in order for us to be spiritual, right? Like you can't be spiritual if you don't have this lifestyle. Um, they're really not compatible with the new children. What I've learned from firsthand, new children know what their body needs. They know. They will ask you for it. Um, some of my younger children who have the most reactivity to food, especially conventionally grown food, um, they primarily eat uh, a meat-based diet. They will primarily eat that. And then when they need more nutrition, They'll ask for specific types of veggies and fruits and all of that. Now, you guys can think all you want that this is specific to my children because I'm raising them to be responsible for their bodies, but it's not. <laughs> it's, it's really not. It's not. It's, it's not just my children. I remember when my oldest was maybe like three, he was already reading, right? He was reading at... Uh, high school level when he was three. And we had one rule. You can ask me for something at the grocery store, but you have to be able to identify the natural ingredients. If you have a hard time reading that ingredient, we are not buying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He knew. He's like, mommy, can I have this? Because it's marketed towards children. I'm like, what's the ingredients? Is it approved? Oh, man. It has high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> yeah. You know, these are things that the children, they know exactly what they need. They will communicate this to you. And it's up to you to be able to listen, to take into consideration, okay? Um, let's see. Michael says there's a comment. Let's see. Uh, what comment? Here. 
Maria says, my friend's granddaughter is one and a half years old. She started to walk in her fifth month and she was talking full sentences in her eighth month. It's a new child. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a new child. <laughs> um, if you're an adult now and you're wondering if you were one of the new children, What's the earliest memory you have? I mean, you don't have to remember every single detail of every single event that's happened in your life, but what is the earliest memory that you've had? Do you remember things from when you were a toddler? I remember pulling myself up and trying to teach myself to walk because I was just done laying there <laughs> and crawling just was not, it just was not efficient. It wasn't efficient and I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, I began walking at less than a year old. I don't know that I was less than a year old. I asked my mom one day and she goes, yeah, you, you started walking early you're, before you were a year. You were already running and stuff and you were a year old. Oh, so that's one of my earliest memories. One of my children, his earliest memory is being in utero. That means he was not born yet. He was in a physical body existing inside my uterus. That's one of his earliest memories. He used to tell me this as, as a toddler. And no, we didn't talk like that to him. I always spoke to him in a very matter-of-fact manner as my equal. That's why he was so advanced for his age. He never did the baby talk. Uh, none of my children did. None of my children did any of the babbling. It was like quiet until full sentences. And that started very early very, very early. So these new children, uh, the more interaction you have, and notice we didn't really have much interaction with my with our parents, right? During our childhood, we didn't have the luxury of interaction with our parents because they were always working. <clears throat> the more interaction these children have with healthy adults, healthy age mates, the more brain development they will experience, the more intelligent they become. There's specific nutritional things that are legal. You can access them anywhere online. I can't talk about it on the public live stream. I'll definitely talk. Uh, uh, let me let me write this down. <laughs> I'm gonna write this down. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I wrote it down. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it. Um, but there are certain things. It's plant-based. And when you give it to them, they will grow profoundly, like extremely advanced, extremely healthy, very solid children. It very much nourishes brain development. Okay. So some of the struggles that we face as adults, um, again, the ADHD thing, that's a, that's a hot topic right now on social media, ADHD. I do struggle with ADHD sometimes. I have it all the time, but sometimes I struggle with it. What is my personal view on ADHD? I believe that ADHD is nothing but a symptomatic presentation, not of pathology, but of your ability to exist in a multidimensional state. I can access multiple levels of dimensional consciousness in one moment. 
that's how my brain processes. People think that ADHD is this thing of always being messy in your mind, in your thoughts, in your activities. You're doing one thing, you're doing another, you never finish anything. Oh, quite the contrary. When you learn to harness this ability, you can hyperfixate in a very healthy way. How do I get projects done at the rate that I do? ADHD hyperfixation. Some people might be like, well, that's just weird. It is, isn't it? It's also amazing. It's also amazing. So I had to teach this workshop once a while back. I was going to teach this workshop. My life had basically gone really bonkers for several weeks before the workshop. So I did not have time to write the content that I needed to write for the workshop in those weeks that I had originally scheduled to set time aside to write it. Now, this was pretty advanced. It was pretty, um, it was a pretty robust amount of information that I was going to cover in the workshop. Now, chatting with one of my friends privately, and I'm like, gosh, the workshop's in a couple hours. I have to start. Oh my God, I have so much anxiety now. And so I started in about an hour. I had about 80 something pages written. Forwarded to a friend of mine who, they, you know, they're, they're very well versed in quantum sciences. And they were like, oh my God, what manual did you check this on? I was like, I didn't. That's why I'm sending it to you. <laughs> That's why I want you to read it. Is it accurate? And he's like, I've never seen any of this information in any of the manuals that I've read. Any of the books that I've, I've bought, anything that I found, this is like so far advanced from anything that I've ever seen. Where did you get this from? From my brain. Does the information look like it's accurate? I mean, obviously it's hypothetical, but is it accurate? You're like, I don't have the knowledge to tell you if it's accurate. This is too far advanced. So I had to spend another hour writing something different. Why? Because I downloaded something into my brain that was too far advanced. And it was not going to be of any use for the people who had purchased a ticket for that workshop. And when I sent my friend that other manual, like, oh my gosh, this is all the new things that people are talking about. I was like, does it sound accurate? Yes. And you did this in like 40 something minutes. Well, I just want to know if it sounds accurate. Is it too much? Is like the words that I use, is it something that, will be okay for the lay person. I don't want to make it too advanced because I want people to be able to integrate this information into their lives. And he's like, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's perfect. I mean, it's, it's pushing the boundaries, but they can always Google some of the words. I'm like, okay, so this is the content. This is the computing potentiality of new children. This is it. 
there's nothing I know for a fact, there's nothing that I cannot do if I want to do it. And that's the thing. If I want to do it, if I don't want to do it, there's no way you're going to make me. Those who are new children have such capability. I'm sure you guys have these capabilities. You would not be drawn to me if you were not part of the new children. At the very least, the indigos. At the very bare minimum, a type of indigo. There's three types of indigos. Type three is what I am. Type three. I don't really like to talk about my different galactic lineages and stuff like that. I feel like it's nonsensical for me to identify as those things because the reality is I'm in a human body having a human life. And so I'm human. I am human. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. And that's the thing. It's like all of these spiritual type teachings, uh, they're not really teachings. They're kind of just, you know, click mentality. Right. Um, <clears throat> they tell you that unless you identify as this, this or that, you're somehow inferior and you have to prove that you are because then I'm better than you. Yes, Maria, she wrote, poor parents. Oh, my parents didn't know how to parent me. <laughs> yes. Um, hmm. We're going to talk about this, how to quote unquote handle a child like that. They didn't know how to handle me because anything that they said um, that contradicted how I felt, uh, I would have something, an argument that contradicted their contradiction to the degree that they could not have a rebuttal for that. <laughs> and then when you show me that you don't have a response, you've shown me your weakness. Now I'm going for your jugular. And I learned, I learned, I don't have to do that. I don't have to do that. That comes from a place of trying to prove because why? Well, why do you have to prove things? Because you don't actually believe it yourself. The more I've learned about myself, the more I've explored myself, the more I understand I don't need to prove anything. I don't need to prove my intelligence. I don't need to improve my uh, uh prove, not improve, <laughs> prove my worth or any of that. I just have to be a good person. I have to be nice. I have to be compassionate. I have to be patient, you know? So let's see. Um, how do you handle a child like that? So many of us, like I said, we're new children. No matter the age, there's a very high likelihood that you are one of the new children. Okay. Um, how were you handled as a child, as a young adult? How did that handling affect you? Were you too carefully handled? Were you too roughly jostled? What, what is it? Which one? Or did you get very, very lucky and you had parents that tried their best to understand you, try as they may, they weren't able to, but boy, oh boy, did they try. That's rare. That's rare. Many of the new children, they came and they chose families that on the outside did not look well suited to raise them gently, 
in a loving manner because that's not really what we were looking for. Mm -mm. <laughs> for many of the indigos, we grew through adversity. It was through the struggle that we began to really highly develop a lot of our abilities. There's been a lot of talk about how empathy, you are not born as an empath, that is developed. How? By being in environments that felt unsafe to you and your soul. Empathy is a survival trait. It is a survival skill. It helped you to survive environments that felt dangerous to you in some way, emotionally, mentally, maybe physically, uh, who knows, who knows. But the new children who have like a, a higher purpose, again, it's about service, not about elevation of worth above others, okay? That's so important to know. The new children who had a purpose that transcends just their personal journey, one that affects the trajectory of the human consciousness, awareness, evolution. Uh, we often were <clears throat> immersed in extremely difficult uh, family homes, family environments, okay? We're often the black sheep, we're often the one that is just really, my, my father had a pet name for me. He used to call me Pita. P-I-T-A, Pita. Anyone want to guess what that is short for? Anyone? Anyone at all? Pita. P-I-T-A. That is his nickname for me. It's short for pain in the arse. <laughs> pain in the ass. Because I was a pain in the ass. You cannot rule me with an iron fist. You just can't. Because I won't care if you hit me. I really won't. And the moment you strike me, that just tells me I will never trust you. I will never forgive you. You have shown me the ugliest of the ugly. And the fact that I know you are capable of that, I will never, ever, ever let that go. Ever. So I was never spanked. <laughs> I was never spanked. Uh, I was threatened a lot. I was. Yes. Much to his embarrassment, I will share one time. I was in high school. I said I was staying after school so that I could work on some student government projects with the rest of my classmates. And my friend's mother said she was my best friend. <laughs> uh, no, my best friend's mother picked us up and because um, there was like an hour before it started. And she took us to McDonald's, which is like a quarter mile down the street. And my friend told her, we can just walk from here. So her mom's like, okay. Her mom goes home. And we walk the quarter mile to get back to the school. And when I get to the school, like all the guys in the school, because school was done, <laughs> the only guys that were left were part of student government. And they were like, you're in big trouble. And I was like, what did, what did I do? I just ate. 
I just ate at McDonald's. I didn't even do anything. And they're like, your dad's here. He's been, you know, he's been yelling at everybody. He's looking for you. And I was like, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. And then he sees me and he's like, get in the car. <laughs> and so I get in the car. He's like, you know, basically accusing me of, I don't know what. I, I, I didn't listen. I tuned him out. And we're, we're starting to leave. And he says to me, ever so lovingly, I should slap you right now. I said, you might want to go back to the front of the parking lot, do it in front of my friends. It's more efficient if you want to embarrass me, but I'm not going to be embarrassed. You can slap me here. You can slap me over there. I don't care. I know I didn't do anything wrong. And then he got real quiet and he got real mad. I really don't care. If your goal is to embarrass me, Bring the car back to where all the other children are. Slap me over there. I really don't care. That's indigo right there. That's an indigo. That's indigo energy. So they never bothered. <laughs> they never bothered because first off, I was not going to shut up. Once I start talking, which I rarely talked, uh, I wasn't going to shut up. You weren't going to bully me. You weren't going to do anything because once you start shit, I'm going to end it. And that's how I've just always been my entire life. But you have to start it first is a thing. That's indigo. They won't initiate it. But once initiated, oh, they're going to go the extra mile. They're really going to go the extra mile. The crystal children are more, more delicate. They're more um, like peacemakers. A lot of the children now, you know, they're more about truth telling. Allowing the truth to be witnessed, just speaking openly about what they're experiencing, their perceptions, things like that. So a lot of the, the parenting struggles comes from the parent not understanding the type of child that they have. To some degree, my parents understood I was not going to be like my siblings because my siblings, you threaten to spank them, you're you know, now they got to be quiet. And I'm over here like, go ahead. I don't care. You know, a lot of the new children will struggle with focus. They'll struggle with school. Is it because they're not smart? Quite the contrary. The reason that we've homeschooled our children pretty much their entire lives is I recognize right from the start, they don't learn like other children. And when the teacher speaks to them like a child, they lose respect for that teacher. That's no longer someone in a place of authority. That's now someone who's feigning to be the authority, but really isn't. Uh, one of my kids, when he was in preschool, sorry, Miss So-and-so from Seed to Sprout. <laughs> that was the name of the place, Seed to Sprout. I was like, oh my God, that's so cute. So I enroll him in preschool. And after the first class, like, you know, I took him. I thought he was going to cry because we were very close. I'm a stay-at-home mom. He did not cry. He had a pep talk with me before the class. And he said, you don't have to cry and you don't have to be afraid. I'm very responsible and you will be okay while I'm in my school. I'm going to learn a lot and I will share it with you when I'm done. You're going to come pick me up and I'm going to be okay. If I am injured, <laughs> this is how he's done. If I am injured, I will ask the teacher to call you. 
And I was like, okay. You call me, okay? If you need me, call me. <laughs> he did not call me. I come to pick him up. And um, he looks irritated. Because he was super excited about school. He looked irritated. So I'm like, okay, something happened. Uh, we get in the car and he starts talking to me about, is something wrong with the teacher? And I'm like, why? Why do you ask that? He asked me if she, <laughs> he was serious. He didn't mean it in a derogatory way. He asked me if she was mentally handicapped. And I was like, why would you say that? <laughs> because like, what actually happened? Like, why would you say that? She talks funny, mom. What do you mean she talks funny? She said something inappropriate. She talks very slow. <laughs> yeah, he didn't like that she was talking to the children like they're children. He thought she might have some type of unrecognized mental handicap. He wanted to get her. <laughs> he wanted to get her assistance. Um, he wanted to try and advocate for her. And I'm like, no, she's not, she's not mentally handicapped. And he wanted me to make sure. And I was like, she's not, that's just how they talk to children in schools. He was three. And he was just like, but why? Well, that's just how some adults speak to children. They think that that's how children should be spoken to. Because my, I never spoke to him like that. It was always, even as an infant, we're at the grocery store and he's in the shopping cart, less than a year old, I would tell him, we're going to check the ripeness of the fruit. This is an orange, starts with an O. Do you see how round it is? This is the color orange, feel the texture. And people would think I was crazy. Um, we started that when he was a newborn. And so he would feel it and then he would smile like it has texture. And I tell him, smell it. And this is how you can tell if it's sweet, if it's not. Um, so we never did the baby talk thing ever. None of my children ever. We've never done it. And it kind of helps me to, to form a better understanding of how the frustration these new children feel. Because again, my kids don't experience that type of thing. So, you know, it's like, well, all I can tell my children is every family is different. What's normal and natural for our family might not be normal and natural for another family. And what I've seen with all of these families that I've assisted, these children don't feel supported. How supported did you feel growing up? How understood? Did you feel very singled out? Did you feel like no one understood? No one took the time to understand? Did you recognize how heavy, how dense life felt as though there were no other options? There was nothing left to consider. It's just do as you're told or else. And these new children cannot be, they can't have that type of interaction with you. They can't, they, they will not agree to that. I'm still in a parent role. My husband is still in a parent role, but you can't do the, I said so. Sometimes my husband 
he'll say something like that because I said so. And literally all of us will stop and just look at him like, oh, okay. Okay, King. <laughs> oh, oh, because you said so. I won't say anything, but all the kids will look at, we'll all look at each other like, Now, times where I'm frustrated and I don't really feel like explaining, I won't say because I said so. I'll say, you know what? I've asked you to do something. I really need you to do it. I'm just too frustrated at this point. Like, could you just do me a favor and, and please just do it? And, you know, I, I just, I, I don't have it in me to explain. I'm just really tired or I'm frustrated or whatever it is that I'm feeling that's preventing me from giving them the type of consideration they deserve as a human being and explaining to them, right? So there's a huge difference. You don't have to always give in. You don't always have to like cater and all of that, but they don't like being treated as though they are less than, less than because of age, because of experience, because of what? How many of you feel okay with others treating you as though you're less than, that you're not as capable and they've never even given you the chance to show your level of capability. How many of you wish that someone had advocated for you? You know, how many of you feel as though uh, you were kind of just tossed aside? And it's not necessarily that you actually were tossed aside. Because for some of us, like our parents really, really did try. They just didn't know um, how to advocate. They didn't know that there was something to advocate for. So many of us develop social awkwardness because in our early formative years, we were not in environments where it felt safe to be yourself. I know I wasn't. I know it wasn't okay for me to be me. That wasn't allowed. I still was me, but that wasn't allowed. That was very frowned upon. That was something that was so inconvenient for everyone. And what did that teach me? As now an adult new child, I'm now having to go through the struggles of undoing this program, this very deeply rooted belief that I my, my existence is inconvenient for other people. Yikes. Do you feel like you're an inconvenience? Do you feel like when you let people know that you are struggling through something that they don't really want to hear it, um, you know, your life, like everyone has problems, like stop being so self-centered right now. Uh, other people have problems. We don't have time to deal with yours. I'm pretty sure that was installed during childhood. And in your parents' defense, just, you know, play devil's advocate for a second. Uh, they didn't know how to parent you. It's hard to parent new children. As much as I understand, I be getting frustrated. <laughs> And I have to tell myself, hey, this is temporary. 
deal with whatever the inconvenience is and the frustration, because right now what is necessary is to really cultivate within your child that it is okay for them to think for themselves, to decide things for themselves. And no, it's not a free-for-all. Like I said, it's absolutely not a free-for-all. When, for example, one of my kids wanted to go out in the snow in shorts and a t-shirt. Uh, no, sir. <laughs> You're putting on your snow boots, your snow pants, and your snow jacket. You could keep those shorts and a t-shirt on underneath all of that snow gear. But I don't want to. I'm not hot. Okay, well, that's nice and dandy, but guess what? I'm responsible for your physical body and your well-being until you're 18. Now, unless you want me to have some legal issues with the state of Colorado, you're putting all of that on. Ugh, mom. Yeah. Or you can watch us from the freaking window. <laughs> so they had to put it all on. I'm still responsible for you. Your displeasure at my requirement is duly noted, but put it on. <laughs> you don't have to create this false sense in your children. The world is a harsh place. It's a very harsh place. And if you don't allow yourself to really be a real person in front of your children, my children have seen me upset. They've seen me. Um, They've seen me very uh, calm, uh, very focused. They've seen the opposite of that as well. They know that I'm a whole being, that I have to be able to be who I am. And that lets them know like, hey, you know, there are people in the world who will not act in the way that I would like sometimes. Uh, and I'm going to have to figure out a way to deal with that. There's been times where I've raised my voice. Um, I didn't like what's happening. Um, I felt unheard as a parent and I raised my voice. My kids know that I don't like doing that. I don't like feeling that I have to do that in order to be heard. And so what happened during that? Well, they were just like, well, whatever, let's just finish cleaning up like she asked us to do. And then later, because my children know that if I'm in that state, I'm really not trying to hear anybody. Now I'm pissed off. I, I don't feel heard. So now I feel like I don't have to hear anybody. So I just have a stank attitude. And then what happened later? Hour later, two hours later, my littlest one says, Mommy, I don't like it when you're intense like that. You're going to have to work on that. And I'm like, what are you, what do you mean? Earlier, you were very intense. Oh, when I raised my voice. Yeah, you were very intense. I didn't like it. And I was like, oh, I didn't feel heard. He goes, but you don't have to raise your voice to be heard. You should have got our attention in a different way. It's okay now. It's over. He said, it's okay now. It's over. But I don't like it when you're intense. Okay. I'm working on that. And he goes, I know. just want to remind you. Okay. I hear it. I hear it. I've calmed down. I hear it. I'm working on it. I'm just an intense person. That's what I said to him. He goes, I know, but I think you should know. 
some parts of me are not acceptable, <laughs> which, you know, that's, that's not a bad thing. He's not telling me that I'm not acceptable. He's letting me know that certain behaviors have specific types of effects and that I have to be aware of this because he knows that I don't like having that type of effect on the people that I love. So he's holding me accountable for how I chose to behave. And it, what, what was disrespectful about it? Because he's a child and he shouldn't be telling his parent, no, he's my equal. He's my equal. One day he's going to be an adult. And if I don't treat him with the same type of consideration that I would like from him, he will grow to learn to not treat me with the same type of consideration. No, he won't. And that's one of the things is that for the new children, they're capable of such depth of consideration. How deep is your consideration for other people? How often do you have that reflected back to you? How has that made you feel when people don't consider you at the same depth that you so freely consider them? We're here to change the world. How we're going to do that, it's up to us. If we begin to do the work that we need to do for ourselves, I just got to notice. You've got a head start. Mm -hmm. You've got a head start. The new children have a head start. They're incarnating at a level that's so far advanced from the average person. We have a head start. We don't need to wait for others to catch up. We don't need to speed forward, but we don't need to wait and use other people's um, slower development as an excuse to kind of sputter on our own development, our own progress. We're here to change so many different paradigms, so many different schools of thought from the way children are taught, the way they are raised, the way adults interact with each other, the food supply, social dynamics, um, a lot of self-love type topics, a lot of self-love struggles, a lot of self-realization, self-actualization, self-activation, self-healing, all of these things. We're needing to begin actually metabolizing the life that we've lived, digesting it. Your life has prepared you for the type of work you came into this life to do. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? I saw um, someone had commented on, on a public post that I made about the 222 portal. Now, this is a very condensed, very concentrated period where you're being very divinely guided right now. I believe this is true for everyone, okay? You're being very divinely guided right now. And in that divine guidance, you're being shown different pathways, opportunities, um, different things that you probably need to let go of, um, process, all of these really amazing things. And if you do that, whatever your higher self is guiding you to do, then you open yourself up to the potentiality of how you will benefit from that after that 222 portal comes forward. And <clears throat> someone was like, really? I can't believe this. <laughs> 
That's so condescending. Uh, really, I can't believe this because I've just been being beat down by life since like January. Okay, so why are you still in the same situation? I mean, for me, logically, not even spiritually, not even intuitively, logically, um, if I put my hand on the stove and it burns me, I'm not touching that effing stove again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I read this comment and it's like the energy of it felt like, oh, this is such BS because I'm having a hard time. Well, honey, if you keep touching the stove, you're going to keep getting burnt. And maybe your life has brought you to that stove so that you can understand when you hover your hand over something and you feel the heat that's being emanated. Uh, don't touch it. <laughs> that includes situationships. That includes work partnerships. That includes full-on long-term relationships. Are you done being burned by your own decisions? Because really no one is beating you down but yourself. No one is beating you down but yourself. As you continue to completely disregard the guidance of your own soul, you are the one selecting your own pain. Now, people who don't want to take accountability for their decisions will then turn around, hear this, they'll turn around and say, oh my God, she's victim shaming, victim blaming. But here's the thing, I don't see you as a victim, honey. What's your argument now? There's nothing to be ashamed about. There is quite a few things, though, for you to need to take accountability for. Are you going to say it's the stove's fault for functioning the way a stove does? Now, burnt hand, that could easily be cooked food something to nourish you, to fill that empty belly that's causing you to act a fool. The people in your life during this period, they will show you what their purpose is in your journey. Some will serve as a stove. Allow that heat to be the thing that you use to cook your food, to help prepare this meal, this spiritual meal, that will help you to better understand the gravity of your purpose. As a new child, you come here with a profound promise from soul. What is that promise? You're living it. Your purpose is not to be understood. It is to be lived fully, completely, wholeheartedly. Not all of us are here to be elevated to the degree that we are witnessed by the entire world. That is okay. Some of us, that's what we're meant to do, to be witnessed, to serve as an example. I would prefer to not be witnessed. Because if you're serving as an example, that means the struggles that you will go through, they will be that much more intense. They will be that much more painful. And others will witness that. Why? Not to see you punished, but to watch you as you rise. Be careful what you set your, your intentions for. If you think, if you fall into that, that spiritual trap 
that's a trap house. <laughs> Spirituality is a trap house, yo. <laughs> if you enter that trap house, you're going to be stuck in this mindset of you have to be some sort of messianic person, which is just messy. You're not a messiah. You're not here to save anyone. You're here to serve as a testament. Testament to what? Whatever it is your soul promised to testify about. Yeah, absolutely. Each of us have a different purpose. It's not like what they are teaching us. I promise you, it is not like what they are teaching us. You don't have to speak in these weird ways of, hello, my children of the earth. Like, no, that doesn't make you more spiritual. It doesn't help you tap into more of your potentiality. As a matter of fact, it does the opposite. It tells you that you cannot be yourself. You cannot be your most authentic self. Instead, you have to be a shadow of a reflection of some BS that someone else created. Please believe me when I tell you, you are so much more than you understand. You are so much more than what you are currently capable of understanding about yourself. You are not here to prove anything. You are here to live out your purpose, to receive your messages from your soul and allow your environment and other people to serve as the confirmation, the validation that you receive that message appropriately. What do you want from this life? How do you want to grow? Do you want to better understand what you are here for? Do you want to know your purpose? In order to get all of those answers, you have to shed all of the layers of preconceived notions of who you are, because I promise you, the person you believe yourself to be right now, no matter how much work you think you've done, it's nothing but a conglomeration of other people's perceptions of who you are to them. You're none of that. You're something so profound, the world has not even witnessed it yet. Not even the people you trust the most. You're such a well-kept secret. And maybe it's time to recognize this is a period where secrets no longer need to be kept. You can allow yourself to begin to be witnessed first by your local environment, the people you trust the most, and then maybe by others who you don't know. And as you get more comfortable being who you are, you can better understand the gravity of your journey. And I think that's the most powerful thing that you can do. Go through the process of understanding yourself. Because as you understand yourself, you begin to have the, the courage, the energy, the stamina to hold a space where others can be themselves, including your children, if you have any. The world has to change. 
we are the change that we're waiting for. At some point, you have to decide to live as the change you are seeking. Those who are new children of a higher angelic ratio. What are angelics? Well, they're not terrestrial, so they're extraterrestrial. Hello. Hello. Let that sink in. Angelics are extraterrestrial because they don't belong on this earth plane. Let's look up the word alien. What does that mean? Define alien. Belonging to a foreign country or nation, a foreigner, especially one who is, a, who is not a naturalized citizen of the country where they are living. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A plant or animal species originally introduced from another country and later naturalized. We're aliens. We are here to serve as proof of where the human consciousness is headed. We don't have to continue participating in the same programs that have enslaved us within ourselves the entirety of our lives. Those mental shackles are one hell of a thing. Extremely hard to undo, but not impossible. Here's the best part. You are perfectly and carefully designed to lockpick that shackle and remove it. And as you remove it from yourself, you then become free and empowered to begin removing shackles from other people. Just by me existing unapologetically as a new child. How many of you have had your shackles undone? How many of you feel more and more free to be who you are? Where you don't see yourself so much as weird. Just now you're different and it's okay. It's not something that you need to wear as a badge of honor. It's not something you have to, like a, um, a patch sewn into your sleeve to identify you as superior to someone else. But instead now you're just like, you know what? I'm just me. I'm me and that's all I can be. And that's profound and I like it and I love it. And if you don't like it, that's fine. Get out of the way because someone behind you does and you're obstructing their view of me. Don't be apologetic for being different anymore. There are so many new children. And if we're going to be honest, we're reaching critical mass. What does that mean? Pretty much every single soul being incarnated at this point is going to be new. The only ones that will continue to be born as the neurotypical human, the average human, they will be organic portals. Those are the narcissists. Those are the ones who are so fractured that all they do is seek other people to fracture. Those are the ones not gifted with the capability of reaching higher levels of awareness 
What does that mean? That means the promise is being fulfilled. That means within our lifetime, we're going to experience global peace. That's what that means. By force, by a choice to come together, doesn't matter. Within our lifetime, we will experience that global peace. We will experience the erosion of borders, state and national lines. Mm -hmm. We are the rainbow warriors. People think it's something that it's not. It's considered the rainbow warrior because every shade of human complexion will be represented. They can't stop it anymore, not with the food, not with medical programs, not with anything. They can't stop it. They just can't. Because guess what? People like us can't be controlled. We can't. Not even when we were children. Sometimes when life gets hard, when life gets challenging, I get rebellious. That's just my natural state. I get rebellious. How does that rebellion express itself? The most common way, I find myself either saying quietly to myself or out loud in defiance, you couldn't break me as an effing kid. You for sure are not gonna break me as a full grown goddess in flesh. You want war? Have a seat. I'm going to take my time to decide. And you don't get to tell me what I have to pick. And that's the beauty of our power. Not only can we not be controlled, our sovereignty is returning. And we're beginning to realize in large numbers, we don't have to show up in the way someone else tells us to. I don't have to be what you say. I can be peace. I can be war. I can be whatever I choose to be. And it's not this thing of I'm more powerful than you. It's this thing of I remember my sovereignty and you will not take it from me again. This time I decide if I'm going to crash and burn, it will be me at the wheel. It will be my foot on the gas. You can either buckle up or get out of the car, but I'm in control of my own life. Mark my words, guys. Within this lifetime, we will see global peace. And there is no leader who can stop that from happening. Before that happens, we have to consciously decide how will we usher in the age of peace? Must we first experience tremendous pain and suffering, famine and war? Or 
Well, we take control right now and consciously choose to alter the trajectory of our experience. They've been trying to pre-program us to select the worst case scenario, F them. My peace does not have to be delivered by war. It does not have to be delivered by suffering. Enough of us choose this. Our frequency is higher. We go much deeper. They can't touch you. They really can't. That's why they use your peers to quiet you down. That's why they use your actual family to shame you into submission. Mm. Say it with me. I will not submit. Say it and actually mean it. I will not submit. I will not bow to my oppressor. I will not cower at your feet. You're going to have to break me. And even then, in here, in here, F you, still not broken inside. Those parts that you need in order for me to comply, those go deep. Your grubby little fingers can never touch it. Don't be afraid of how powerful you are. Don't be afraid to be rebellious to the programs. I am not talking about engaging in illegal things. Talking about finally truly walking into your sovereignty. I will not be afraid. I will not submit. I will not be afraid. I will not submit. Even if I'm afraid, I will not submit. Mm -mm. No more. There are so many of us who have come during this period specifically for this. Come on. <laughs> What are we waiting for? The more visible you are, the more the others just like you will find their courage to stop hiding. They are not asleep. This concept of, oh, woke, and you're a sheeple, and you're asleep, and they're just hiding. They're hiding because the world has not been safe. If enough of us allow ourselves to be witnessed. Oh boy, oh boy. Do you know how many come out of hiding? Do you know how many come out of hiding? What happened to you when you witnessed me? There was no grand show of power. You witnessed a woman coming home to herself. A woman losing her fear of being witnessed exactly as she is. I'm just a girl trying to figure out how to be the strongest woman I possibly can be. What happened to you witnessing that? You're losing your fear. You're changing your life. 
Yeah. That's how powerful it is to not feel alone anymore. We're not alone. Instead of looking for that twin flame, open your heart to receive your soul tribe. That's the key for humanity. Twin flames exist. They're here for a different thing. It's not for romance. It's a very specific mission they're on. Leave that in peace. Open your heart to receive your soul family. Don't look for them. They'll cross your path. They'll cross your path. Don't push them away when they arrive. Don't be so focused on twin flame stuff that you have no space to allow your soul family back in. You want to be empowered? Find that soul family. Find that part of you that resonates with that family. You'll feel it when they find you. You guys have been already looking for each other for a very long time. When we begin to find our soul families, that's how you know the world is about to massively change. You found one family here. This is only one part of your family. Remember, our families, we have our father's side and our mother's side. Find the other half. Find the other half, make your family whole, and then see how the world changes after that. So guys, I'm going to end this podcast here. Thank you so much for joining in. If you are listening from the podcast app, please interact with a track, download it, follow it, like it, comment. Let me know, actually, what's your experience been? Do you think you're a new child? And if you do, you probably are, to be honest. <laughs> if you do, um, share with me what your experience has been. How have you struggled? How have you felt empowered? How has your life gone so far? I'd love to hear more from you guys. If you would like to be part of the private conversation that's going to be taking place in about 15 minutes, please go to the soulsanctuary.love, sign up for the membership. We're going to talk about really intense things, things that I can't talk about publicly. Y'all, I will say, I have fragments of our planetary history embedded in my consciousness. Many, many things I can talk about that are not allowed publicly. Why? It takes away their control from you. It puts the power back in your hands. And if I talk about those things, they take my channel down. So got to play by their rules. Until I'm sitting at top, I got to play by their rules. Don't worry. I promise. I'm going to be on top. Some point soon, I'm going to be on top. And I won't stop until I am. And when I am there, I'm pulling all of you up there with me.
every single last hand. I'm grabbing it and I'm pulling it up with me. I'm not here for notoriety or fame. I exist as a template for where we're going. I don't want to be up there by myself. And once we're all up there, the house of cards will crumble. This very system that's oppressed us, it's going to be the foundation we build our kingdom on. Mark my words. It will happen. Because now I'm pissed off at what they've been doing to all of us. The last thing you ever want is me pissed off because then I'm not going to stop until I do what I want to do. So, for all the members, please head on over to the soulsanctuary.love. I'll see you guys there in a few minutes. I'm going to set everything up and then I'll be live. Bye, everyone. Please give this video a thumbs up. If you haven't already subscribed, please do subscribe. Turn on that notification bell. Join me when I'm live and go check out the soulsanctuary.love. Join the membership. Tons of information there already. A lot of perks, a lot of different things. Go check it out. Bye, everyone.